Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. Good morning. Hey, hey, so good to see you guys. It's so nice to see the house of the Lord uh, so full. If you're visiting us today, we want to welcome you. We just want you to know how excited and glad we are that you would be with us. And we are so honored by your presence. We want you to know that you're in a safe place. We're not going to do, we're not going to force you to do anything. We're not going to uh, uh, push anything on you. We, we want you to enjoy your time. And uh, we encourage you to do one thing, and that is to open your heart to experience God. Because if you do, we trust that you will indeed experience God and you'll want to come back. And I want you to know that you're welcome back. Isn't that right, Dayspring? Amen. Well, my name is Nestor Flores. I'm the pastor here at Dayspring Church, so I just want to welcome you. I also want to welcome those online. I know there's a good number of people watching online. We are grateful that you're connected. We really wish you were here in presence because this was a lot more enjoyable in person, wasn't it? Amen. Uh, but we're grateful. And then for those in the chapel, our, our, it's so full in here that we have a good number of people in the chapel. And uh, they're watching. So we want to thank you for giving up your seat so that someone new can enjoy it. Well, we wanted to tell the story of Christmas through different creative ways, songs, skits, and, and we're not done. We, we still got a couple of special presentations and uh, uh, because we believe that Christmas is a story of hope, is a story of peace, but it's also the story of joy. And I know that for many people, Christmas can be a difficult time. So our prayer, our hope was that you would experience the joy of the Lord at least for one day so that you know that joy is possible in Jesus Christ. Isn't that right? Amen. So I want to share a message with you that I believe it's going to bring great joy to you. But before that, I want to, I want to share a joke that I heard this week and I thought it was really good. Is that all right? Can we laugh a little? Is it okay? Amen. You can laugh in the house of the Lord. Amen. Uh, laughter is good. So I heard this joke. It's a joke. So please don't nobody take it serious. Be good. So it says that the perfect woman met the perfect man. And they had the perfect date. And after the perfect amount of time, they decided to get married. And they had the perfect wedding. Of course, they built the perfect family. And they bought the perfect car. And in one occasion, they were going to their perfect vacation when they suddenly saw someone at a distance who was by the roadside asking for a ride. As they drew closer, they saw that it was Santa. They stopped to inquire what was going on with Santa. And he said, well, my slate broke down and I got no way of delivering these toys. Being the perfect couple that they were, they said, well, the least we could do is give Santa a hand, right? We don't want the kids to not go without their toys. So after a while, they, they went on their way, and they were passing out the toys. And after a while, 
it began to snow and it began to rain and the road conditions got so bad that they were in an accident. Tragically, two of them died. Now, my question to you is, who was the one that survived? The woman, of course. The woman survived. Because everybody knows Santa doesn't exist. And everybody knows there's no such thing as a perfect man. Right, ladies? So who survived? The woman did. Which also explains why there was a car accident. Let's pray. It's a joke, right? I'm glad. Let's pray. Heavenly Father... We thank you this beautiful morning for your presence. We are grateful for your presence in this place. Lord, speak to us. Do something wonderful in us. That is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, the past few weeks, uh, we've been asking a very important question. And we've been asking the question, what's the big deal with Christmas? Why is Christmas so special? How could something that happened 2,000 years ago continue to have great meaning and great impact for us today? And we believe that not only is that a good question and a very valid question, but I would argue that the answer to that question makes all the difference in the world. If you're a God-believing person, it's foundational to your faith. If you're not so much a church person, it can still make all the difference in the world. So we've been asking, what's the big deal about Christmas? Why is Christmas celebrated by so many different people throughout the world? And in short, we've answered and we've said that the reason Christmas is so special is because of Jesus. That Jesus truly is the reason for the season. I know it's cheesy, but it's true. Now, we have to ask then again, well, what is it about Jesus? What is it that Jesus did that makes Christmas so special? And that's what we've been answering throughout this week's. And uh, when you walked in, you should have gotten a bulletin. If you didn't grab one of those, you can raise your hand. I don't know if we have any left, but if we do, we don't. Okay, we're done. So maybe you can share with your neighbor. Inside of that bulletin, there's an outline. You can pull that out and follow along with me. And uh, here's the first fill-in that you can put in that first blank. On week one, we saw the first reason why Jesus makes Christmas special. And we said that Christmas is such a big deal because on Christmas, he came to earth. On Christmas, God came to earth. And God came to earth in the person of Jesus. And we said that Jesus was not just a good teacher, that Jesus was not just a miracle worker, that Jesus was not just a good moral person. No, that Jesus was God. In fact, that's what Colossians 2.9 tells us. Look right there in your outlines or up here in the screen. It says, for Christ is not only God-like, he is what? God. So Christmas is a big deal because on Christmas, God came to earth. And that's a really big deal. The second week, we looked at the second reason, and we said that not only did God come to earth, but he became a human. God's greatest revelation was not in the stars, was not in a, a loaf of bread, was not in some kind of magic. God's greatest revelation was in Jesus becoming like you and like me. 
Now, he was not partial human. He did not have some attributes of humanity. He was 100% human like you and I are. And he continues to be human till this day. Look at what John 1.14 tells us. It says, so the word became human and made his home. What? Among us. Last week, we looked at the third reason. And we said that the third reason Christmas is such a big deal is that not only did God come to earth, not only did God become human, but he came for our benefit. You can fill that out. He, he came for our benefit. Well, what were some of those benefits that God brought with him? Well, Jesus came to show us what God is like. We all have misconceptions of what God is like. And Jesus came that we may know what God is truly like. But he also came to show us that we can trust God. That God is trustworthy. And he also came to show us how to live. Jesus came for our benefit. Look at what Isaiah 9, 6 says. It says, for a child is born to us. A son is given to who? To us. So what I want to do today with the short time I have, I promise you I'm not going to take long, is I want to look at the fourth reason. And I want to tell you that this is the main reason. All the things we've been talking about have been building up to this fourth reason. This is the main reason for Christmas. And the fourth reason, Christmas is such a big deal. The reason Jesus makes Christmas such a big deal, you can fill this out in your outline, is that he came to die for us. He came to die for us. Now, I know what you're probably thinking, Pastor, that sounds kind of morbid. That sounds kind of out of place. That sounds kind of odd. I mean, it's Christmas, right? We're celebrating the birth, not the death. Can you imagine showing up to a baby shower with funeral flowers? Right? Just doesn't make sense. But see, that's the beauty and that's the message. And that's why Christmas is so special. That yes, we can celebrate the birth of our Savior. We can celebrate the birth of God. But we need we can celebrate it for the main reason he came. And he came to die for us. And there's plenty of verses in the Bible that tell us about this truth. I don't have a lot of time, so I want us to look just at one. And look at what Matthew 20, 28 says right there in your outlines. It says, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others. And we looked at that verse, I believe, in week two or in week one. And we said that Jesus is not this dictator, angry ruler. No, that he's humble. And that he came to take care of us. And he says, I came not to be served, but to serve others. And then look at the last part of that verse. And that's where I want to focus today. The son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a what? Ransom for many. Why was Jesus born? Why did Jesus come to earth? To give his life, to die for us. The message of Christmas is that Jesus was born to be a ransom for you and for me. Now, why would Jesus call it a ransom? Why would Jesus call his death a ransom? Well, in the original language, the word ransom, in the original language, which is Greek, the word ransom has this idea. 
It's, it's the idea of, of a payment to release somebody from bondage or slavery. It's, it has this idea of releasing a prisoner of war, uh, of releasing a slave. But it also has the idea of paying a debt that someone else owes and can't pay. And, and, and here's the beauty of it. If we could simplify the death of Jesus is that he came to pay a debt that you owed and you couldn't pay. What debt was that? Well, the debt of sin. The debt of doing things contrary to the way God has asked us to. To living distant from God. To living in opposition with God. And Jesus came to die. To be the ransom for many. And with his death, he provides for us three wonderful benefits that I believe are the reason for joy this Christmas. And I want to tell you what they are really fast. Number one, because Jesus died, and you can fill this out in your outline, because Jesus died, I can have my past forgiven. Jesus paid the ransom so that your past could be forgiven. Hey, can you agree with me that we all sin, right? We all sin. Anybody sin on the way here? Anybody got in a fight with their spouse on the way here? Anybody smacked their kids on their way here? Right? We all sin, right? Now, some more than others, and some are better at sinning than others. But the one thing we all have in common is what? We all sin. We all sin. Everybody sins. If you say, no, I don't sin. And sometimes we're tempted to say that because we compare ourselves to somebody worse. And we say, no, I don't sin compared to my tío Cholo. You know, I don't sin as much. Compared to my tía Lola, you know, I don't gossip as much. Okay, but if you were to compare yourself to Mother Teresa, how good are you now? See, the truth is that we all sin. And the Bible clearly tells us this. In Romans 3.23, we, we read the following. And it says, for everyone has what? Has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious what? Standards. The one thing we all have in common is not our political position. It's not our financial status. The one thing we all have in common is that we all sin and we all fall short of God's standards. We are imperfect people who can't have a relationship with the perfect God. And here's the thing. When you break a law, you got to pay the penalty of law, right? If you break a human law, you got to pay the penalty that humans have imposed. The other day, my wife ran a stop sign coming to church and a cop got her. And about two weeks ago, I got the nice surprise that not only did we have to pay the ticket, but our insurance went up $300 for three years. You break the law, you pay what? The price. Well, when we break God's law, we got to pay God's price. Let me ask you a question. What do you have to offer? What, What could you give God to cancel the debt that you owe him? For sinning? The answer is nothing. Your money, he's got more than your life. He created you. You owe it to him already. There's nothing we could give him. 
But look at the wonderful news that we read in Isaiah 53, 5. Speaking about Jesus, the prophet Isaiah said, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was what? On him. Right, and then 1 John 4, 10, we read the following. God sent his son to be the sacrifice by which our sins are what? Forgiven. So here's what you got to know. The guilt, the shame, the remorse, the anger, the bitterness of your past, you don't have to keep carrying it because Jesus came to die so that your past can be forgiven. Your past mistakes, your past poor choices, Jesus paid for them so that you could be free from your past and be able to live life today. So Jesus died so that my past could be forgiven. I'm not a pastor because I'm perfect. I'm a pastor because he forgave me and he called me. And he can forgive your past too. No matter, no matter. The prophet Isaiah said that our transgressions, our iniquities, the worst that you could have ever done, Jesus paid for it so that your past could be forgiven. But the second benefit, because Jesus died, not only is my past forgiven, But because Jesus died, I can have purpose for living. Not only can I be set free from my past, but I can have purpose for living. Listen to me. God created you. And God is a very intentional God, and he doesn't make things by coincidence. God created you not just to exist. God created you not just to consume. God created you with a purpose. And one of the best things you could do for yourself is to find out what your life purpose is and go out and do it. Because you'll never live life to the fullest until you are fulfilling your purpose. But here's the thing. When we're far from God, when sin clouds us and shame fills us, it's hard to see our purpose. That's why young people can go to college and spend years and then come to the place where they say, I don't know what I want to do. Because nothing will give you more clarity in your life purpose like Jesus will. Look look, look at what Ephesians 2.10 says. It says, God planned for us to do what? Good things. I, I think somebody needs to hear this. You were created to do good things. Maybe your parents told you that. You brought misery or you brought shame or you brought pain to their life. And I want to tell you that God did not create you to do that. God created you to do good things. God created you with a purpose. But look at this. God planned for us to do good things and to live as he has always wanted us to live. Look at this. This is why he sent Christ to make us what we are. Why did Jesus come? Because God has a purpose for you. And until you meet Jesus, you will never see and understand that purpose for your life. The third, the third thing, because Jesus died, and you can fill this out in your outline, I can have a home in heaven. I can have a home in heaven. Okay, we're going to have a little bit of fun, all right? Is that okay? How many of you guys want to go to heaven? Everybody, I, some of you that don't have your hand up, you don't want to go? How many of you guys want to go to heaven now? Okay, a couple of you. How many of you guys want to go to heaven someday? Right? Now, here's the thing. Good people don't go to heaven. 
good people don't go to heaven. If you think the ticket to heaven is being good, good people don't go to heaven. All religions don't lead to heaven. In fact, no religion leads to heaven. All religions promise heaven, but no religion leads to heaven. Because heaven, the ticket to heaven is not a religion, it's a person and his name is Jesus. Amen? Every religion can promise you heaven, but only Jesus can fulfill that purpose of that promise of heaven. Look at what Jesus told his disciples in the gospel of John chapter 14, verses two through six. Look at what it says. It says, there are many room in my father's house. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going away to make a place, what? For you. After I go and I make a place for you, I will come back and take you with me. Then then you may be where I am. You know where I am going and you know how to get there. And look at what Thomas asked. I like Thomas. Thomas is always asking the questions that many of us are not bold enough to ask. He says, Thomas said to Jesus, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way to get there? And look at what Jesus says. This is the most exclusive, powerful statement. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can go to the Father except through me. See, the only ticket to heaven is a person, and that's Jesus. Now, why is Jesus the only way? I'm running out of time. They told me I got to wrap it up, so I got to make this quick. Why is Jesus the only way? Well, number one, because he was the only human being who ever lived and never sinned. Jesus never sinned. So when he died, he wasn't paying for his sins. He was paying for yours and mine. But because Jesus is also God, he is the perfect, he is the qualified sacrifice. He is the qualified payment that God requires to forgive our sins. That's why he's the only way. Now, let me end with this. In Matthew 20, 28, the verse that we read at the beginning, we said that the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom, listen to this, for many. The question is, who are the many? Are you in the many? Are you on your way to eternal life or to eternal damnation? Are you still under the power of sin and your past? Or have you been set free from sin and your past? Who are the many? Who are the many that were ransomed by Jesus when he gave his life for them? Well, Jesus answers that question in John 15, 13. And look at what it says in your outline. Jesus speaking says, There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's what? Friend. Jesus answers and he says, those that I've ransomed, they're my friends. So the question today is, is Jesus your friend? Because if Jesus is your friend, then you've been ransomed. You've been forgiven. You've been set free. And you have a home waiting for you in heaven. Now listen. Listen. If you haven't, if you say, well, I know Jesus, I know about him, but we're not really friends. We don't really have a relationship. I want to tell you that God sent Jesus because he wants to have a relationship with you. And he wants to have a relationship with you, not to control you, 
not to manipulate you, not to put limits on you, but he wants to have a relationship with you because he loves you. And listen to me. He loves you more than you can understand. Our brain is not capable of understanding God's love. But I want to give you a picture to help you understand how much God loves you. Whenever you wonder, God, do you love me? And how much do you love me? Here's what you got to remember. Jesus laid on a cross and he opened his arms and he said, I love you this much. This is how much I love you. Enough to die for you. Enough to give my life for you. So if one day you want to be in heaven and spend eternity with Jesus, why wouldn't you want to get to know him now? If you want to spend eternity with Jesus, why wouldn't you want to have a relationship with him now? See, Jesus ransoms those who are his friends, those who have a relationship with him. And if you don't have one, we would love to help you make the decision today to say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I want you in my life. I want to walk with you. I want to learn to love you. And I want to live for you. The Bible tells us the following in Romans 10, 9. It says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be what? Saved. If you declare and if you believe, you will be saved. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you and now you have a new life in him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Dayspring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.